1: ny or text hope ny in new york
2: being a parent can be really challenging
3: Welcome in everybody. We are getting closer and closer to another season of Gamecock football. Thirty six days away until kickoff to game number one. But a week from today, the Gamecocks will be heading to camp. Preseason practice number one. Wes, I, I know it sounds cliche to say, just anytime we do a show now, <laughs> as we get closer and closer to it. But holy cow, man! I mean, it's it's almost here. The buzz from Spencer Rattler back in December. Back in December. The summer we had, I mean, it's almost here, finally.
4: Yeah, foot, football is in the air, man. And, um, the, you know, that you always say, oh, the preseason will fly by. And then it, it still it went faster than I ever could have imagined, man. But I, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for uh, some, some actual, you know, depth chart talk and practice performance talk as opposed to offseason, you know, talking season type of talk, I guess you would say. So I, I'm pumped, man. I, I feel like there's always a little extra juice in the air for, I don't know, maybe the first week or two of practice. And then once you sort of – I feel like there's also a midway point or so of camp where then everybody's just like, let's let's play a game, right? Like let's uh, – the players are tired of hitting each other. They're tired of hitting their teammates. They're ready for Georgia State. The fans are tired of reading the same things. but until we get to that point, we're going to take full advantage of this week we have leading into the first practice and then about two weeks of uh, of really good football talk before it gets a little bit boring. And then you have a little stretch, and then, boom, you're kicking it off. And once it's here, man, you're rolling from week to week, and it's it's nonstop, it's fun, and um, should be an exciting season for Gamecock fans.
3: You mentioned the getting into projected lineups and depth charts and whatnot. Just the other day, I know you posted on Gamecock Central just the sense of what, you know, based on what we saw during the spring as well as kind of what you're hearing. So if you guys didn't have an opportunity to check that out, I just shared that link in the comment section. So go back and see that uh, we're going to obviously when it comes to depth charts. I mean, look, going into it, you have an idea. But until they're out there as a unit, things can obviously change. So a lot going on on that front, a lot going on from a recruiting standpoint. And Wes, let's just start right there, because this weekend for the game cox and it feels like we've said this many times this summer especially over the last month and a half another huge weekend coming up for usc they are in good position to be able to land maybe not just one but multiple players this weekend what can you tell us about that and where they stand right now on that front yeah man so um uh, i'll talk a little bit in general then maybe we'll
4: go into the individual guys um I think it's kind of interesting how the recruiting calendar has kind of shifted over the years. Um, You know, the summer used to not necessarily be a massive recruiting time. You had the camps, but you didn't have official visits. Well, now, you know, you had early signing period later in the year. It's in December now instead of in February. But what a lot of the guys are doing is trying to knock out their recruitment before their senior season hits. Mm -hmm. And I think – I mean, your dad's a coach. I think high school coaches love the idea – of their star player being done with all the just the BS that comes along with recruiting and kind of just being like, I've got a, I've got a place. I know where my home is. It's locked in. I'm not, you know, if I'm a coach, I'm like, my guy's not worrying about all that anymore and all the hype that comes with that. So you're kind of seeing this trend. We've talked about it actually all summer where guys want to decide before their senior years. And here we are, you had, you know, recruiting weekend after recruiting weekend, after recruiting weekend in June. Well, At the end of June, it shuts down for a little while, and then the first three weeks of July were a dead period. Well, this week right now, the weekend that we're about to complete, is a final recruiting live period where guys can take visits sort of one last time. It's one last time before the high school season, and for the college coaches, it's one last time to host guys on your campus before you turn all of your attention for about a month into preseason camp. So mm-hmm. that's why you have this just – it's not just at South Carolina. It's across the college football landscape. You have lots of guys making decisions right now. You have lots of guys taking final visits right now. So for South Carolina, what does that mean? That means uh, Montague Rames, the big-time defensive end, edge guy from Sumter, four-star guy. He will be announcing uh, – he just put it out today. That will be 7 p.m. on Saturday. Um, Markey Anderson, the big kid from Dorman, you went and saw him practice um, in the spring, Mike. Um, Three o'clock announcement. That is on Sunday. Carmelo Taylor also on Sunday, four o'clock announcement. He's a four-star wide receiver from Virginia, and um, there was gonna be a fourth uh, Big Tree, as he is affectionately known. Uh, Big Tree Babalade was gonna announce on Sunday. He put out a tweet on Thursday saying, "New date soon." He's pushing it back. I didn't get the impression from that tweet that that meant it would be long. Maybe, maybe still a, a fairly uh, recent coming uh, commitment from him somewhere. Mm-hmm. So. Could be a big weekend for the Gamecocks. Also, they're hosting an official visitor. They had an unofficial visitor on campus yesterday. They have a cookout event tonight on Friday as we go live and record this. So, um, lots going on for this Gamecock staff before they can fully turn their attention to actual on-field football practice.
3: No camp invite for you, or I should say cookout invite? Got lost in the mail? Well, we we did um, we did get a cookout invite yesterday. Um, Jody, right? Uh, we won't
4: we won't name names. We got a I cookout just named, invite. I just
3: name I just name names. But uh, I said, but to Coach, <laughs> I, I don't
4: I don't know if we're. I, I think that's probably there's probably an NCAA rule against us actually coming. But um that, that would be known. cool. We should just show up on our golf carts, uh, just like we were riding around at a birdies for Beamer.
3: Well, I mean, shoot, you know, just make a phone call to George Rogers and see if we can borrow his golf cart across the street and, uh, you know, head on over there. But no, it, you're right. When you look at just the landscape of the buzz, I mean, it's crazy to think just where they were. Shoot, go back to what, March, right? Beginning of March and just the number of people, especially on, on GC's insider form, the number of people that were just like, When's there going to be any movement, right? When's there going to be a commitment? And then it just started to pick up. And then, of course, we saw what took place that weekend of July 4th, which is the, I mean, even before that, the end of June, just the number of four star commitments. Are you seeing just this trend, though, of just what USC is trying to build and these players understanding, like, hey, look, we commit early on now we're able to kind of recruit, right? Dante Reno, of course, is one player that comes to mind in terms of just how vocal he's been on social media. But just over the years with the recruitment that you've followed since, you know, you've you've covered the Gamecocks, obviously that early signing day period certainly throws an added wrench into it. But are you seeing a trend or is this more so what the Gamecocks are trying to do?
4: Yeah, you know, I I think um, it's partially a big picture trend of guys committing early. Now, I I think every coaching staff out there hopes that they have at least a handful you know, or even just two or three guys in their in each class that is willing to go out and recruit for them. I've seen South Carolina have classes where they've had that. I've seen mm-hmm. South Carolina have classes where they really, frankly, have not. Uh, you know, I'll go back. Um, Bryson Allen Williams, a, a fan favorite at South Carolina. Absolutely. He was one of the hardest recruiters that South Carolina's had as far as putting in the energy and effort. To me, it's two things. Much like with coaches, who are your best recruiters, your guys that have great personalities, but also your guys that are just willing to work at it, and that it, it matters to them. And I think that's what you see. You know, a guy like Dante Reno, he clearly cares um, not just about his own personal future, but he, I believe, understands that being a quarterback goes well beyond anything on the field. It goes to leadership, obviously. It goes to the locker room, but when your future is determined by, let's be honest, college football is a game of accumulating talent. So the future of your program, if you're going to take ownership of it as a quarterback, is going to be determined by signing that great wide receiver. So, hey, sign that franchise left tackle that's going to protect you. why else, though,
3: Wes? Why else? And it's the most obvious thing in the room. It's the fact that he's the son of a college football head coach. He gets it more <laughs> than anyone else. And it's not to say that some of these other players don't get it. But, I mean, shoot you know you it's it's like growing up it's like trying to run your own restaurant and your dad is is run a, a fancy restaurant and you've been able to yeah. see how things go down in the kitchen right you understand the operations it's one thing to dress things up and make it look all pretty on the table and put a nice little candle out there or some jelly beans maybe when you walk on yeah. into the restaurant but like you know you need to make the rest, you need to make the food taste good the steak needs to taste good the preparation and that's something that has just stood out to me. So it's just like he's obviously anyone that has listened to him. I know you've had the chance to talk with him before anyone that listens to him. He's obviously well beyond his years when it comes to maturity. And you know, at the end of the day, he has to be able to perform on the field. But it's just like you're getting an added and added. And it's not like he's a cheerleader. Right. Of course, he's going to be a talented player here. But it's just like you're getting so much more from this player just because of his background which is very unique
4: it, it is man and I, I think the something else that stood out to me about Dante he, he went ahead and committed for this very reason I, I think his own personal timeline initially was a little bit later in the process you know mm-hmm. for a later commitment but he went it he knew if he went ahead and committed that it would give him a little extra head start on recruiting guys and the fact that this kid was recruiting people before he even was actually committed to South Carolina. You know, like he, he's uh, not just privately either. He's on Twitter tagging, you know, South Carolina priority targets before he's even committed. I mean, it was one of the most, I would say, um, drama free recruitments as far as there just being <laughs> no doubt where he was going to commit, um, you know, that I've maybe ever followed. And, and then, so I, I think Dante is kind of taking the reins. And if you look at, you know, Carolina and what they saw in him. I, I think these intangibles we're talking about right now were a big part of that. Uh, but then, you know what, look at the 2023 class and um, you know, a, a kid like Grayson Pup Howard, at, you know, at linebacker, he, he's already put in lots of time and effort into trying to get it, trying to hype up other kids, trying to just get them to take a look at South Carolina. And uh, you know, you look at a uh, Zabari Sandy, one of South Carolina's actually first public commit. Um, he's worked really hard at that. You uh, Trovon Ball has quietly, the offensive lineman, quietly, um, mm-hmm. you know, even a guy like Marquis Anderson is going to announce this weekend. Trovon Ball on their – they had this same official visit weekend. Trovon basically spent that weekend not for his own personal gain, just in there trying to get Marquis to end up at South Carolina. So, I, I think you really have a class so far. The kids that either I've gotten to know personally or just I've, I've heard a lot about, they get it. They like understand um, the importance of getting other guys around them. You don't always see that, man. It's kind of funny how some classes, there's, a, there's that extra added excitement about, hey, this can be a, a big class in the history of South Carolina football versus, um, you know, I'm committed, but I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. It, it does matter. And even here's the thing, you got a 25-man class. Even if it only makes the real difference with two guys, If those two guys end up being difference makers in your program, Mm -hmm. then it mattered. You know, if if you got that stud receiver because Dante Reno put in the extra effort, it's going to pay off. It's going to matter.
3: We mentioned the cookout at the beginning. And I think a lot of people want to just get to what's going to take place in this week. And we understand, absolutely. That's the reason I started with that. But let's go back a little bit. For people that have no idea what the hell you're talking about, what is this cookout all about tonight for USC?
4: Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting, man. I, I, I think one of the cool things about this summer, too, they've been trying new things. And I'll be curious to see what feedback we get from the guys about what this event is compared to the other cookouts. So they had a cookout in June. It was over more towards the ops building at the indoor facility. This cookout, we do, we do know one thing. This cookout is going to be at Williams-Price Stadium. And uh, that's not something I can remember them doing, uh, certainly recently, maybe not ever. It's like an in-the-stadium cookout. Um, at last check, they were still kind of working through, I think, what, what exactly they wanted this event to be all about compared to the last one. Some guys will have now been to both of them. Um, so a lot of times the cookouts, though, to give people an idea, it's much more informal than, say, um, official visits. It's not like, say, a camp. So a lot of people maybe read or heard about our camp coverage in June. The camps are about competing, like going Mm -hmm. out and actually being on the field. There's a football involved. There's athletics involved. The cookouts are more about what we hear Beamer talk about with his current team all the time, building camaraderie, building culture, getting the guys and their families around the coaches and current players in a non, um, non-necessarily non football-focused environment, if that makes sense. It's sort of about one of, one of the favorite – anybody that's ever been involved in a team sport will mm-hmm. probably tell you one of the best things about being in a team sport is just the camaraderie among the guys. It's BSing around, just mm-hmm. hanging out. You know, talking about whatever. And that's what these events are designed to do. Again, this one at Williams Bryce Stadium be a little bit different than their other ones as far as how it's structured. But I'll be very curious to see the feedback. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a good time, but it'll be interesting to see probably some games involved, I would think, but more like let's play some cornhole. Let's, you know, let's do some different things that don't necessarily involve football.
3: Mm -hmm. And what I would equate that to for people that have never gone through it, the best way that I can compare it is it's very similar from a business standpoint when you go hit the links in golf right and you're just talking shop with some people because some of these people whether it might be people that you do business with whether it be some of the people that work for the company you start to get an idea what w- what it's all about um so for these players that are coming through you know there'll be other players there they'll have an opportunity to mingle and kind of just see like what South Carolina is all about from a stance that you don't typically get to see from just on the outside, right? I mean, all the fancy videos and, you know, the Soldier Boys video with Shane Beam, that's all great.
2: Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. How can I help?
0: Hi, thanks for telling my family and me about Toyota's national sales event. We got a new RAV4 during the event and it's been great.
2: Well, that makes me happy. Right now through September 6th, it is the best time to drive off in a new Camry hybrid, Tacoma and more. So what are you up to?
0: You know, we took the RAV4 to a great spot and now we're exploring a cave.
2: Amazing.
0: Yeah, my wife talked me into spelunking. I'm actually a complete and absolute amateur. Absolute amateur. Absolute amateur. Huh, I could have done without the echo on that.
3: Toyota's national sales event is on. Visit your participating Toyota dealer today to enjoy every last second of summer. Toyota, let's go places. See your participating Toyota dealer for details. Dealer inventory may vary. Event ends September 6th. But at the end of the day, what do these players have to say about this program? What do these players have to say about playing for these coaches and these other players in this program? So I, I think that can certainly go a long way. Um, I, I, I do see some questions pulling up. Will I will get to your question a little bit about Harbor. Um, I'm not saying that it's impossible for USC to land him, but uh, we will get to that in, in just a little bit. Just want to um, kind of just – finish up Wes's opening thoughts on all this for this weekend but no overall another another big weekend you know for them coming up and it's crazy to think that this takes place shoot days before they get to to business right for the 2022 season after this point west I know that there are some silent commits out there and, you know, I'm just basically I'm throwing this out there because I know it's the question that we typically get on the form, you know, for, for ask me anything kind of, it seems like it pops up once or twice a week. Some of these silent commitments, I believe as of today, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's two. Yep. There's one way back and Mm -hmm. then there's one recently for people that are watching that have that question. Can you give any sense as to when that might happen? And if it's not going to happen right now, um, just like a rough outline of when you could possibly see those commitments go uh, public.
4: Yeah, that's a great question. So as you said, two silent guys right now, two welcome homes where Beamer has fired it out there that, Hey, we got a commitment and the kids have thus not gone public yet. Um, I, I'm going to make a prediction right now on timelines. I think there's a, pretty good chance south carolina can see one of those guys go public um next month so the month we're about to be in august uh we're obviously doing this right now it's july 29th friday afternoon we're live and i think one next month and i think one the month after that Mm -hmm. so not people have had to be patient and i'll say this I know the fans get a little frustrated sometimes with the long. What are you wait. talking
3: about? They're, they're very patient, Wes. What are they, you they talking get, about? There's the
4: thing, Mike. They get frustrated because a few of the guys have waited. Most of the guys this summer, it's been they commit, then they it's go to right public. The you know, yep. either the next day, some of them, it's been the same day. Some of it's been, I'm going to, you know, Jalen Kilgore did an announcement at his church. So it was about, Just the logistics of setting everything up and getting, you know, that stuff takes a little bit of time. He committed on a Sunday and then went public on a Wednesday, you Mm -hmm. know. So most of these guys, it's been fairly efficient as far as committing to Beamer. And then I think fans do get frustrated, but I I think the staff is okay with it if you have a commitment timeline in play in mind and you express that I think, when you make that decision to commit and tell the coaches that you're coming. So, yeah, two of them. I think in the next two months, Carolina fans will will get that word. And then, um, as we talked about at the beginning, could be some other guys uh, going public with several announcements coming up, uh, not related to those two, but several announcements
3: coming up. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you that. The guys that potentially could be committing right now that we know of, None of those have anything to do with the previous two welcome homes, correct? That's just the that clarify. That is correct. That is mm-hmm. correct.
4: Um, so, and and Craig brings up a great point. Why are they waiting? This is somewhat new. I It's it it's not really new, in my opinion, on the kids' side. It's just, it's a little bit just new that Beamer puts out the welcome home when he first gets the news. You used to see, you know, with the Spurs up with uh, Muschamp, it would he would sort of wait till the guy was about to go public mm-hmm. and then put out the spurs up Beamer. A lot of times now I'm sure there are situations where Beamer's probably been told by a kid, Hey, coach, hold can you hold up on this. Yep. Don't, don't put out, you know, maybe even this week, you never know. Maybe a few guys have said, Hey coach, I'm coming this weekend, but can you hold up on that welcome home? But most of the time they commit, they tell beams and then Beamer puts out the welcome home. And, you know, in some ways, Mike, it does make sense because you get the value of the juice, like the excitement on the private commit. And then you get it again when the kid goes public. So you are what getting we call two, that, Wes?
3: Do I? You know what we call that? The two for one special, baby.
4: Yeah, you're, you're getting it on both ends. Yep. So I, um, it, it kind of makes sense in my opinion. Nobody's better than Beamer at building some excitement and energy via social media
3: with that being said do you think he might leave and go to the wwe now that vince mcmahon stepping down he can just build up some hype you know he can be like hey we got a big match coming up i'm, I'm just kidding there'll be one person that thinks i'm being serious here um i do want to go back though because there's been two questions about harbor mm-hmm. and we pull these up real quick I know Will was the first one to ask. We have two people that have asked about Harbor. For those of you that aren't aware, he's one of the top players in the nation. Um, in the world. <laughs> in the world. Ranked ninth nationally. The number one athlete for the class of 2023. Five-star. Um, his on-three rating is a 98. Um, his consensus on-three rating is just above 97.6 michigan lsu maryland usc out oh boy i'm gonna get killed for that i'm so sorry southern cal but usc being usc here in columbia is also in the mix that good recovery mike um west what can you tell us about harbor because i know two people i'm trying to scroll on down to get the second person uh there you go alex um any any updates on harbor or where usc potentially could stand with him yeah
4: man so um this could be a big week for South Carolina with him as well. He is expected at the cookout tonight. So, um I have always said when people have asked me about him, hey, Carolina's in it. They're in the they're publicly in the final 7 that he has put out. Um but when a guy puts out a, a top 7, being 6th or 7th does you no good, you know? So that that's a big that's a wide array of schools. But I've always said Mike Get him back on campus. Can you get him back on campus? Because they have been sticking in that fairly large top group literally after him only visiting once a year ago. So that tells me two different sides of this, two different things. One, the visit a year ago must have gone pretty freaking well if you had some staying power for a full year without another visit. But the other side of that is I'm sitting there as somebody who's covered this stuff for a long time saying, why hasn't he visited again? You mm-hmm. have to get him back on campus if you're going to have any chance. Now, when, when I was talking about one of the best prospects in the world, he is literally one of the best athletes in the world. He is a potentially Olympic level track athlete. So <laughs> this is a kid who has quite a bit of uh, his time taken up by track meets and doing stuff in other sports. So that has affected his ability to get out and visit schools, especially schools that would require a flight or a long drive. So um, that has been part of the reason he hasn't made it in. I kept saying, hey, if you get him back on campus, you have a shot. They're projected, they're expected, however you want to say it. They're scheduled to have that happen tonight, Friday night. Um, If that happens, if you're South Carolina, the next thing you're pushing is to get him and his family back in the fall for an official visit for a game and, and, you know, and try to close this thing out. Carolina is in it. I'm not going to put them in the same category as I would, you know, somebody like a Montague Reigns who's committing this weekend. Yep. Carolina's been the leader for behind the scenes for months. Um, it's not like that. But are they in the conversation? Do they have a shot? That's really all you can ask to be with a kid of this caliber right now. And, you know, some kudos are, are – I believe deserving here for um, for Sterling Lucas, who's done a fantastic job in his first year at South Carolina building relationships, just a very relatable guy, um, outstanding human being. And uh, he's done a really good job. And um, interestingly enough, Mike, Eric Kimry sort of first got Nicholas Harbor on campus a year ago because he saw his film and was like, this guy might be the best tight end in the country. Now, the kid could play about any position: tight end, receiver, linebacker, um, defensive end. I personally think you—you uh, you tell me, Mike, as a former player, the son of a coach, a guy—a guy with that size and speed, I think probably ends up rushing the passer. That seems to be what tends to happen. But you know, it also is going to depend on his personal uh, feelings as well. What does he want to do? And if you're if you're if you're running track what weight are you able to maintain at the next level as well becomes a big part of the conversation as well. So the interesting thing, he will literally, he's literally the best pure athlete from like a pure athletic standpoint, best athlete in this class. Um, Past that though, (laughs) how does he fit in as a football player is a great question.
3: Yeah. And that's a good point that you bring up. I mean, you know, typically in cases like that, that I've seen, And I I think the most common one that we see throughout college football is you'll have players that have played wide receiver. I dealt with it in college where you had players that were really good wide receivers. They put them at corner. Why? Because they have speed, and maybe they just don't think they have as much ball skills. That's always the knock. You know, DBs have hands. You know, shout out J.C. Horn trying to get his hands up and matting today on the ratings. But I bring that all up because, no, I I think – when you have a player that, that's, that that is that freakish, right, if you put him at defensive end and you feel like he's got the strength and speed, that position can basically – we talk about two-for-ones. That position can be a two-for-one because now you have a strong pass rush, but you know what that does? That makes your secondary look stronger. I don't care who you have in the secondary. If you do not get to the quarterback, it doesn't matter. You have to be able to put pressure on a quarterback if you want to make your DBs look good, even though – College football, different rules than the NFL. It's a little bit easier to cover in comparison to the NFL Um, still. So I, you know, I, I, I agree. I mean, ultimately, where does he fit in? We know South Carolina is certainly going to be looking for some tight ends after this season. Is that a position? I mean, shoot, we're seeing what Jaheim Bell's doing. I mean, if he's got freakish athletic ability, do they feel like he can be the next Jaheim Bell? So definitely something to keep in mind. But ultimately, it starts with just trying to be able to land him and getting him to be a game cock. I know a couple of weeks ago, Wes, after Lonegan committed to Alabama, some people were curious about, and I know see Nick bring this question up. South, people are interested to see what South Carolina is going to ultimately do for their quarterback recruiting class for 2023. Now, I know as of right now, it appears Dante Reno will not reclassify. He'll stay in the class of 2024. Um, I know I've spoke with Reno. We had Reno on actually one of the Twitter spaces driving back from Atlanta, and he's actually talked about He's like, shoot, you know, if I feel like my strength is up there, we feel like we have a good season, you know, anything's possible. But I wouldn't hold my breath on that right now. So with that all being said, as of today, we expect Reno to be the class of 2024. For South Carolina, what do you expect them to do for uh, the class of 2023 as far as quarterbacks go? Is it necessarily have to be just focusing on high school players? Or could you possibly see them taking advantage of the transfer portal since Beamer has shown that he's not afraid to do that, especially over the last couple months?
4: Yeah, no, I think it's a fantastic question, man. And I, um, I, I don't know if there's a – hard answer yet because i I think south carolina i think they frankly feel and this is this is not even like a spin answer Uh oh Uh,
3: breaking news i don't have a breaking news sound do 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 yeah uh, Um,
4: beamer just tweeted
3: yep i saw austin just share that
4: um unfortunately we're we're caught in a situation where we're live right now we also post this to the podcast later on so you may be listening to this And word may have already come out of (laughs) who committed. But for those with us live right now experiencing it in real time, Beamer has put out a tweet.
3: Um, 3.31 on Friday. 3.31 on Friday. Eastern time for all our GC Um, friends on the West Coast.
4: A class of 2024 prospect. Um, It's given away by that hashtag. Um, I just fired off a couple of – couple of texts. If y'all saw me looking down while Mike was talking, I just fired off a couple of texts. I'm going to try to get word when you can maybe expect, as y'all know by now, how we operate. You know, we may give y'all some hints along the way, but we're not going to get, we're not going to take away from a kid's moment. We'll let him announce it his way, on his terms. But a 2024 commit. So, interesting. Um, interesting start to the weekend, y'all. Because i you can anticipate some 2023s possibly hitting for the gamecocks this weekend. But now the 2024 class getting rolling as well. So uh could be some some good news. Maybe we'll find out before the show's over and we can talk about it. That would be Let sweet.
3: me let me ask you this Wes and you tell me if it's like it's going to be too close to be able to to push the envelope here. Cuz obviously yeah, we we wait until these kids make these commitments. We don't want to steal their their spotlight. Were you anticipating a 2024 to come out before this weekend. You don't have to say names or anything like that. And if that's even too much, you don't have to say. But the reason I say that is, you know, obviously the focus right now is on the 2023 season, but with what South Carolina has done from a recruiting standpoint, getting ahead on 2024,
1: I mean, certainly it doesn't hurt. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates National Annual Average Insurance Savings by new customer Survey who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.
4: Yeah, you know, I'll say it like this. We were in, we've been anticipating who's going to be next in 2024 after Dante. For a while, there's been a couple of guys that we've been kind of told, hey, keep an eye on this guy. But, uh, you know, to be completely honest, there there was not a guy that we were told, hey, watch out for this this weekend necessarily for 2024. Um, 2023, there's been several. Um, and, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all um, a couple of people are going to say something about a prospect <laughs> who has announced it on Twitter, I believe. Before I say that on our recording, I'm going to verify that that is the case. Um, and then we'll talk about it, um, if that makes sense. So y'all y'all hang with me. In the meantime, uh, Mike, you want to talk about our sponsors for a second, and then that'll give us a little reset here?
3: Absolutely, and I'm trying to pull out uh, got, and go I back. Yeah, right there. Want to give a big shout-out to our sponsor today, Clint Hammond. Clint is one of the best. And right now, I mean, look, I'm a hand bone when it comes to real estate. Clint will take care of you, okay? If you're, if you're like me, you want to be able to figure out – Get your numbers taken care of. Be able to do what you can to make life a little bit easier. Clint is your man. Clint has been our man over at Gamecock Center for quite some time. Be sure to check him out. Wes, we also have one more. I know I'm trying to give you some time here, so I apologize. I want to scroll on down.
4: Yeah, I got you here, Mike. I'll, I'll hit this one. Uh, our friends at Liberty Tax, uh, you got to overcome your anxiety right here in Columbia, South Carolina, 803-462-5576. You may think tax time is over, which it is, but if you run a business and you want to sort of get a head start on what your tax um, commitment might look like for next year, uh, give our friends at Liberty Tax a call, 803-462-5576. They have three locations. All in the Midlands, they're spread out across the Midlands, and uh, they'll definitely take care of you. So we appreciate, obviously, our buddy Clint, who's been with us for a while. and appreciate Larry with the the Columbia Liberty Tax teams for, for being two of our sponsors here on GC live and help they make this show possible. So because of that, we uh, cannot thank them enough. Um, I, I knew this was going to be a busy weekend, Mike. Um, I did <laughs> not anticipate necessarily that, um, that this was going to happen. That this was going to happen during our show.
3: Because typically people have been following Gamecock central over the last couple months. We have videos ready to go as soon as there's a commitment. Um, And that's not saying that we weren't anticipating one for right now. Um, But I don't think we expected this to drop quite yet. So um,
4: Mike, I'll, I'll say real quick, the fun thing about the young guys, like the 20 right now, you know, you're talking about rising juniors with 2024. Sometimes they just pop out of nowhere. Like, most of the time with the older guys there's a little bit of a indication hey you know i'm i'm starting to close it out i'm starting to close out my recruitment decision could be soon sometimes with the young guys they'll be on campus at south carolina and the coaches aren't even expecting the commit but if it's a good player and he's like coach i want to come you're going to be like well of course we we want you so um so I don't know. I'm, I'm again trying to trying to get a little verification here. Um, I see that name floating around that y'all are talking about, but I don't have confirmation on that yet. So Jamie,
3: uh, Jamie, that, I'm, I'm hurt by that. Okay, I had at least I had one interception in college. All right, so I had decent hands. Okay, I may have dropped a big one in high school, but that's not the point. Us corners, we have hands too. We have hands too. Uh, I'm just messing with you, but no, I, I mean, shoot, you you want to talk about in West? Maybe I overthink this, and I don't think we've necessarily had this conversation. Maybe it was Colin and I that talked about this. Maybe some of them are a coincidence, but when I look at a lot of these welcome home commitments, right, the tweets in particular from Shane, I don't think there's a coincidence. I think a lot of these are done strategically. And I'm not saying that, you know, the coaching staff is essentially, you know, like – holding these players, you know, like waterboarding them saying, all right, Hey, we want you to commit today. You know, we want you to go, uh, at least go, go silent today. And so that we can put this out. But I feel like the players, they sell it to the players to understand, Hey, look, if you commit and we're able to do this, not only is this going to be positive for you, kind of going back to we were talking about, the two-for-one special, but it's going to be positive for your future teammates to be able to sell this program. So the fact that they have a big weekend going on, the fact that they have a cookout going on today, the fact that they have a couple prospects who potentially could be committing to South Carolina over the next couple of days, the fact that Trey, who pushed back his commitment, and we don't know when exactly that's going to be, the fact that you have all this going on, I, I just don't think that's a coincidence. Maybe I'm over, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think, well, at least my opinion, I feel like South Carolina has been very strategic when it comes to some of these welcome home tweets.
4: Yeah, man, and I, I think, um, I think they're strategic in a way about just about everything when it comes to social media. Um, the The Soldier Boy video going out the morning of SEC. The morning of South Carolina's appearance on SEC Media Day, um, I mean that was a genius move, and I, obviously <laughs> I, I think there was probably a conscientious decision to say, "Are we going to wait on welcome homes? Are we going to wait to put those out? Or are we going to put them out? You know, early on, start building the attention, building the hype. All you had to do is take one look at this time of last year when Beamer was the, I think the top coach." I can't remember what, is it Skull, Spark, Skull, Skull, Spark? There's something that you'll see every now and then Beamer will retweet it, and they have the ranking of college coaches' impact on social media. And Beamer, as a first-year head coach last year, who had not even coached a game yet, um, taking over a team that had won two games the year before, uh, was the top coach or top two coach this time last year as far as, Uh, the attention he was getting on social media. So Mm -hmm. they, they've done a fantastic job, um, of being strategic about it, using it to their advantage. And, um, I I think, you know, we've, we've seen it pay off obviously with, um, with the hype. Now you've got to, you've got to be able to take advantage of it on the field as well. But I, I think what we saw last year with the way they finished the season, um, you know, going into the offseason, then getting a guy like Spencer Rattler, it, like, supercharged it as well. And um, it's kind of all worked hand in hand. Uh, you know, your your social media, your sort of off-the-field stuff, and your on-the-field product as well.
3: So, again, if you're just joining us, a welcome home tweet from Shane Beamer and this one for the class of 2024 as Beamer Puts out hashtag 2024. So, kind of a giveaway right there. As far as GC is concerned with this, you know, there'll be things probably floating around on social media. Uh, we will wait until we are given the green light to go ahead with making that announcement and not just that one, but any commitments that t- that could take place uh, this upcoming weekend. Wes, as that goes on, and I know that kind of threw a wrench into this a little bit. And we, we've
4: got to talk at some point about the three guys. Um that are committing this weekend, right?
3: <laughs> let's do it. Let's get let's get right to it. And it's funny because Dante Reno just took to Twitter with smiley face emojis, another one, hashtag 24 ever to thee. Um, so Reno staying busy. So I say all that, Wes. Let's talk about shout out Kendall, who did an outstanding job yesterday with the birdies for beamer video showing just how truly, uh, I don't want to say Colin, uh, was a bum. I'll say I was a bum. Um, so yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But in terms of the golf outing, let's get right into it. Let's talk about these three players right now. Let's talk with Rams from Sumter, the local kid, a guy that it seems like everything is indicating that South Carolina will land this young man. Um, what can you tell us about him? Um, Sorry, what name, what name did take you just it.
4: ask me about, Mike?
3: Take 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 your take your time. The young man from Sumter.
4: Yes, Montague Rams, uh, big time four star defensive end, edge rusher. I'm telling you, I have said for some time, he might be the most important recruit in this class for South Carolina in terms of their needs. Look at look at defensive end. Look at edge. You've got a position where you lost two guys last year you got a position where Jordan Birch is now a junior. Jordan Strong is a fifth or sixth year senior. This is last year. You need guys at that position. Rams, big-time player. South Carolina State always puts out great defensive ends as well. I think the Gamecocks are in fantastic position. No surprise here. Most people have thought he was going to end up at South Carolina for months, maybe even the last year or so. I don't see that changing, Mike. I don't think there's any drama here. He's literally been on campus at South Carolina, I think, almost 20 times. So, um, yeah, he uh, I'd be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked if it's not the Gamecocks, and it, it would be a massive get for South Carolina.
3: And that one is expected to drop at 7 p.m. tomorrow, I believe, on his Instagram. So, for anyone, yeah, you know, that's those- – that likes checking that out, watching the Instagram. I wish I could share his handle right now, but I'm, um, you know, you just type his Instagram in, should be able to, or type his name into Instagram, it should pop up for you. But 7 p.m. tomorrow, I bet your West is probably looking up because I know how he works. So keep an eye um, on that. After, uh, and by
4: the way, Mike, after we talk about the the other two guys, yes, I I think I think we're safe talking about the new commit as well. So. We'll talk about those two guys, and we can talk about the new commit. I I think
3: we're good there. Okay. Uh, Marquis Anderson, the offensive lineman in the upstate. He is set to make his commitment at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Now, obviously, this four-star from Dorman, I mean, Dorman goes without saying. We understand how talented of a school that is. His teammate from Dorman opted to go to North Carolina. I know North Carolina has been coming on hard for Anderson. Where do you see that? as far as south carolina is concerned heading into this weekend yeah
4: man it's a good uh, it's a good question it's been an interesting recruitment to follow i would have put him very nearly in the same category as Montague rams for for a while like for months i think south carolina was genuinely the favorite um dj geth commits to north carolina i i think north carolina had and maybe has his attention. Like, I think they truly have made this interesting down the stretch. Um, We know of the Final Four. It's not going to be Clemson. I guess LSU would kind of be like the dark horse, just complete surprise. Like, you could never completely rule them out, but you'd be surprised if it's them. It's kind of come down to South Carolina, North Carolina. Again, let's timestamp this. Let's, Let's date this, 349 on Friday. As of right now, I think I would still lean slightly back to South Carolina. If you'd asked me a couple of days ago, I would have probably given North Carolina the momentum here. The North Carolina side, I've asked around with some people that are tied in at North Carolina. From what I hear, the Tar Heels think it's going to be South Carolina. So generally when that happens, it's not a case of that staff thinking they're getting a kid. That generally bodes pretty well for, you know if a, if a different staff thinks another school is getting a kid that generally bodes well pretty well for that team so i would probably lean south carolina i would say the kid's keeping it very quiet like he is he has kept it very very close to the vest down the stretch i've checked in with some people around dorman they either don't know or they're 1000% expecting or respecting i should say his wishes, mm-hmm. which you know you respect that from the people around him. Ultimately, there's so many things here. There's so many reasons that he liked the Gamecocks for months. You would think South Carolina wins out over North Carolina, and as we've seen lately, the Gamecocks normally do win out over North Carolina um, on the field, at least. So uh, shots fired, but we'll all find out on Sunday. But I, I not very confidently, but I, I would. I would, eat, I would lean to the Gamecocks.
3: And one thing I do want to mention, we see your comments. We're, we're going to get to it. I mean, the elephant in the room, we, it's Hobbs. Okay, we, we're going to get to that in a minute. We don't want to think that uh, we're, we're pretending like this didn't happen. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute about the latest commitment for the class of 2024 from Shane Beamer. Wes, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I just want to bring this up because when you talk about Anderson, you talk about some of these players, we went through it with basketball. I know it's not always the exact same, but can you kind of explain sometimes? Because I got this question asked the other day. You go to the recruiting prediction machine, and you know, they might see South Carolina 82.3%, and they see Clemson in North Carolina, you know, but it appears that it's more so a USC North Carolina thing. Can you kind of give us an idea as to what happens sometimes with this recruiting prediction machine for people who are new to On Three and they're seeing this? I'm sure a lot of people during the Gigi Jackson recruitment, they're just like, what the hell's going on? So, you know, you see that. And then obviously you hear in West say one something I wouldn't say it's totally different. Still giving USC the nod, but you know, when, when you see that, how much you should be thinking, okay, this, this is the number. Okay. That should feel good.
4: Yeah. I think it's a great question, man. So, no, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the great, well, it's a question I think a lot of people have as well. And, The great thing about um, working at ON3 and a a company that is a a relatively new company is that um, Shannon Terry, uh, who is our boss at ON3, CEO of ON3, he tries to push the envelope on what is possible and by coming up with these new ideas to present information uh, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to teams. The ON3 RPM is basically an AI it's an artificial intelligence it's a platform and it takes all the information that's out there a lot of times it's based on how many visits did a prospect take to a particular campus did he take an official visit but it even takes into account how far away from a school is he which coach is recruiting him which coach has had success in the past recruiting that area Mm -hmm. and then it takes into account predictions from people across the industry so with Markey Anderson, it's saying eighty-two point three percent South Carolina, seven point three percent Clemson, six point three percent North Carolina. Um, that's probably not a great representation of where it stands. This is a this is a new system. It's we're still working through it. It's brand new. It's a cool idea, but it's not going to be perfect by any means. So it can't really tell you the day-to-day ebbs and flows of where recruitment may be headed until it's just, I don't know, trolling across the internet, gathering information, and then spitting it into a percentage. It's not capable of that yet. But what it is capable of is um, taking some information and and sort of giving you a percentage based on historic things and based on predictions. So right now, it's saying 82.3%. That is almost entirely based on the fact he's visited South Carolina more. And I put in a prediction for South Carolina for Marky e. Anderson way back April 15th. So, um, which if it ends up being them in a couple of days, that's going to look really good. But that was a, that's a prediction from, you know, three, three and a half months ago. So um, that's why it says that, you know what, that said, we go through. You look at uh, montague Montezuma Rams. Pull it up. Ninety-seven point seven percent South Carolina. Mm. Like I, I think that's probably in line with. Um, I, I think that's probably pretty accurate. Let's go back. Let's look at. Let's look at Dante. When the entire the entire world knew knew Dante Reno. Um, <laughs> shout out Dante. He might be listening. He's involved in all Game Cop things. Uh, shout out for listening, Dante.
3: He doesn't sleep.
4: Yeah, he does not sleep. Uh, and when he does, he dreams about South Carolina football. But um, Dante Reno's RPM percentage, 98.5% before he committed to South Carolina. So, you know, that was pretty accurate. Um, Carmelo Taylor, who we have not talked about yet, but mm-hmm. sure we'll talk about him briefly. Um, I put in a prediction for the Gamecocks there earlier today. That shot the percentage up to 937
3: uh, Let's let's talk about Mr. Taylor Because that's a player the last couple weeks Outside of South Carolina Virginia Tech Certainly has been in the mix Penn State It appears to have uh, come on strong Or at least been coming in the mix a little bit stronger Over the last couple weeks Where do you see Taylor As we head in Just by the way I'm going to also share another link here I don't want to go link happy here in the comment section But this one lays out everything that West put out and West put this one out actually earlier today. Um, announcement details for key Gamecock targets this weekend. Taylor is expected to announce his commitment Sunday at four. So, so far, Rams at seven tomorrow night, mm-hmm. Anderson Sunday at three, and then Taylor Sunday at four. And then Babalade, if you're just joining us, he has pushed his commitment back to another d- uh, date. He was going to announce but was it Sunday or Monday? I'm losing track of the dates. I think Monday, right? S- Sunday, I Sunday think. as well. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry about that. So end of the day though, he's, he's pushing that back. So as far as Taylor goes, though, what can you tell us Wes?
4: Yeah, I think South Carolina's in, in really good shape here, man. And speedster like this, this is a guy I, I think um, was a little bit late onto the scene as far as seeing some recruiting traction from the big time programs, but um, South Carolina saw what he could do in the spring Um Some new film actually got out uh, that was – it was of his prior season, I think. I think it was of his junior year. But it was film that just had not been distributed, had not been posted on Huddle. New film got out. People looked at his track times. Um, He was the – I think the 100 and 200-meter champ for his classification in Virginia. And um, you combined, uh, you know, what they saw from him as a kid, what they saw from the film, and the track times – and um, he kind of blew up a little bit the last few months. South Carolina, one of those schools that hopped in, they got him in on an official visit. Penn State, I think, got him in on an official. I know they were scheduled to. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gamecocks, I think, made a, a push here in the end to land him. And I, I think um, I think they just said, look, you don't want to turn down guys with that much speed and that much upside. And, um, you know, this this has always been a receiver class, Mike, that I thought was going to end up being – a pretty big class Mm -hmm. numbers-wise. I think they were going to need to take three or four guys. And um, getting Corey Rucker to come in this past summer alleviated that a little bit. Like I I think it may have even been a four- or five-man class if they hadn't landed Corey. I think landing Corey, it shot it down to maybe a three- or four-man class. But now you have Kelton Henderson, who we know committed during the summer. C.J. Adams committed during the summer. Some of those guys are like listed as athletes and all that stuff, but they're counting towards wide receiver. And then um, if you can add Carmelo Taylor, there's your three. And then I think you can be you can be kind of selective if you're if you're saying it's going to be a four man receiver class, you can be really selective about who you take for that fourth guy if you have those three guys already committed.
3: And, Wes, if you know this one, and Daddy O's talking about for the class of 2023 because you started throwing yeah. out numbers specifically for receivers, do you have an idea at least what that number is looking like right now or at least ballpark?
4: Yeah, um, Daddy O want to know how many total uh, spots are left. The interesting thing here, guys, is that there's not going to be a set number necessarily this year because the 25-man rule that used to be in place is not going to exist this recruiting cycle. So hmm. it's going to entirely depend on the 85, which is you're going to have 85 scholarship players on your roster, right? Well, yeah, as Jamie uh, tunes in, they took the cap away. There is no 25-man <laughs> cap for this recruiting class.
3: So why is it, that, Wes, for people that don't know?
4: It basically – South Carolina didn't have this problem, but so many schools, because of losing people to transfer, mm-hmm. were not going to be able to re- Load their roster to get to 85. So they said, Look, we're not going to have the cap anymore. The 85 is your only cap. Well, what does that mean? (laughs) It's going to be fluid because if what if 20 guys transfer out of your program, you can actually, if you're at the 85 already, you can replace them all. So um, we know for South Carolina, honestly, it may not have a huge effect, but at the very least, I think in the end, it's going to mean you get a few more scholarships in the end because they'll be able to replace the guys that transfer out.
3: Well, that's a good point that you bring up because I think some people weren't aware of that. But, uh, yeah, a lot going on right now. Busy old weekend. Uh, if you guys have any last-minute questions, shoot them along. But, again, Let's, uh, let's talk about
4: the new commit. Yeah,
3: right. let's get to the new commitment. Busy weekend for the Gamecocks. Commitment-wise, got the cookout going on. We just went through those dates. But before we even get to the cook up, before the burgers even hit the grill, Shane Beamer, taking to Twitter if you're just joining us to put out a welcome home to bring you into the weekend. It's not for the class of 2023. It's for the class of 2024,
4: Wes. Yep, uh, Carson Hobbs, 2024 kid, committing to South Carolina. Um, he is from uh, Ar- Archbishop High in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, we wanted to make sure. I saw some of the retweets. I, want, I, I heard back from the kid that um, – He has indeed committed. He had retweeted somebody else saying he committed. Um, He's actually waiting on his little official edit to put out, you know, his official commitment. But already some quotes out there from him that he's committed to South Carolina. I confirmed on the South Carolina end as well that, you know, they've accepted a commitment from him, all that good stuff. So, yes, it is Carson Hobbs, um, a kid with just looking at his profile, had a Kentucky offer, West Virginia offer already, obviously a South Carolina offer. And uh, six foot one, one hundred eighty pounds. Um, we're gonna have to do a little bit of info gathering uh, mm-hmm. that we're gonna post on Gamecocks Central. But um, as Will points out, uh, expands the recruiting zone for South Carolina. You are seeing the Gamecocks go <laughs> more and more national in yep. how they recruit, and um, I think some some of that is just that's the age we live in now. Like social media, these guys are more interconnected no than point. ever, even if they don't live close together.
3: And in going into Big Ten country, I mean, that's essentially what you're doing to be able to hey, – And look, I know some people are going to be like, well, he's a three-star. It's like, well, there's been a lot of talented three-stars. Three-stars, four-stars, it doesn't matter, okay? I understand a lot of you guys want five-stars. And like I've said before on Gamecock Central, that will come with wins. Take care of business this year. Wins will will pile up. But as far as just what they've been doing from a pipeline standpoint, Wes, right? We've seen it in Florida. We saw that during the spur of your era during, what, maybe 2008, 2007 it started up a little bit, around that Shaq-Wilson period, maybe a year before Shaq got there. They go into areas, and they just start to expand. So, again, this is just one player right now, but could this turn into something bigger? Um, You know, Will brings up another point. You know, Kentucky has lived off of Southern Ohio recruits. Well, South Carolina or <laughs> South Carolina has, has a lot of people that are from the state of Ohio. So you know, you know, it's not a bad thing to come on over here, right? Um, they're mostly
4: in Hilton Head, but yeah,
3: well, yeah, no question. <laughs> Minus Brian uh, Ryan Brewer, who uh, the Buckeyes would have loved to have had for that uh, Outback Bowl game, but to be able to get this right, I know it's just one player right now, though, Wes. To be able to do which. We just don't know where it could end. And I think you bring up a good point. If you want to be a great team these days, and there's no necessarily like a blueprint, I know Gamecock fans hate when I bring up Clemson comparisons. But for the sake of the conversation, let's just bring it up because they're another South Carolina team. Clemson has got to a point where they can do that, right? They can recruit on a national level. They've been able to achieve a lot. let just call a spade a spade. When you're able to do that, you're able to go across the country If you're able to build pipelines in certain areas that it's just like a couple years ago, it's just like South Carolina going into Ohio ain't going to happen. All it takes is one player. All it takes is one player. So, yes, some people might look at it as, oh, it's a three star today. You don't know who he plays with. You don't know the competition he goes up against. You don't know the camps that he goes to with other players that know what his skill set is. They might look at him and be like, shoot, he's going to South Carolina. He's not a three-star. This guy's something special. I want to go play with him. So that's how it all begins. So, I mean, I know it's just one player. I'm not trying to get people super, super pumped up about him trying to pump the brakes a little bit, but the point being is this is always a good thing when they go into areas that typically South Carolina isn't, you know, necessarily known for getting recruits in.
4: Yeah, it is, man. And, uh, you never, you never know. Like you say, you never know who this kid may know as well. Um, and uh some some actually really good early offers as well um i think he maybe had a michigan offer interest too i'm again you sort of see when you're getting the, doing the stuff on the fly but um some some early interest early offers for the kid and uh he's a 2024 so he still has two full seasons worth of um of, of football at the high school level to play so you never know you know what he's going to become too he's got some height some size 6'1 190 already and um Appears to be a good, solid pickup. We'll obviously get more information on him moving forward. But, dude, we are pretty much out of time.
3: Yeah. And I do want to ask you one last thing, Wes. When you have a player and, you know, a couple years away, they're going to be juniors, it's not unusual to see their star ratings go up, correct?
4: Oh, absolutely, man. I bring that up because, you know,
3: some people will be like, oh, three star. It's like, well, let, let them go have an opportunity to compete his junior year.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is so early and, uh, you really don't have a, you know, for some guys, they're just no brainers. Like they're, they're well ahead of their, their classmates as far as their physical development. But for a lot of guys, man, you're still talking about them being so, so new in sort of that process of physical development and, in uh, on field development as well. Their skill sets have not been honed in on at, at all yet at that age. Mm-hmm. So, um, anytime you have a, a kid that already has multiple power five offers at uh, that age, um, th- there's, there's some good things about him.
3: Well, again, big weekend for South Carolina. Got a, even a little bigger here with the commitment of Hobbs, a three-star out of Ohio for the class of 2023, but we will keep you posted as to what takes place over the next couple of days. Again, it starts off tomorrow and South Carolina is looking to pick up what could be a trio of Gamecocks, with the product of Sumter, Monte at 7 p.m. tomorrow. Marquis Anderson on Sunday at 3, and then Carmelo Taylor at 4 on Sunday. Wes, before we end things, just want to bring up one more thing. One more thing, and that is if you want to get your VIP tickets to the Gamecock Central kickoff party at Steel Hands Brewing, you want to get on that fast because we are getting closer and closer to obviously a new season of Gamecock football, but we're getting closer to that date, Wes. And those tickets are going fast. Yes,
4: they are. Uh, go on over to uh, GamecockCentral.com. You can buy them there. Uh, Stillhandsbrewing.com. Let me make sure that's the – Yep, slash, right? event.
3: slash events.
4: Yep. Yep, slash events. Uh, come check us out. It's right around the corner. Go ahead and get your tickets. Free event, but VIP does require tickets. So um, come on over. Hang out with us. It's going to be a blast. We'll have more information coming very, very soon about the guests that will be there and the events that will be there. But, um, yeah, y'all have a great weekend. Until we talk to you again, y'all come on over to GamecockCentral.com. I'm working on the commitment story right now, and uh, we'll have more information about Carson Hobbs and uh, what he's all about.
3: Yep, and that VIP uh, ticket will allow you to be able to get a picture and autograph with Wes Mitchell, which can uh, (laughs) go up in value over time. Appreciate you guys watching. Again, pay attention to Gamecock Central over the weekend, and perhaps there'll be some more welcome home tweets from Shane Beamer. Take care, guys.